Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. Today we're going to go over the AFC West and the AFC East divisions. We're also going to cover the Thursday night, who to start and who I think is valuable fantasy-wise in that Thursday night kickoff game to get this 2019 campaign going in the NFL. It is going to be a great season. There are a ton of storylines. We're going to focus on the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers Thursday night right off the bat. First, I want to tell you how to get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me at toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com. That's toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com. I will do my best to get back to you if you send an email. If it's a who to start question, sometimes I'm shorter this time of year. I get a ton of emails. If it's between two players or give me a batch of players, I will give you who I think is the best players to start. Try to focus on Thursday night off the bat if you can. I am going to do... Uh, some podcasts leading up to the weekend that will give you more detail for the Sunday games. Uh, but if you have any questions for the Sunday games, I am ready for those as well. I will do my best to help you on that end. You can also hit me up on Twitter. It is at InsideFFWT. That is at InsideFFWT. Whatever you need on Twitter, I'll be there for you. If you want to talk about anything, post anything, follow me. I'll follow you back, all that good stuff. I am down for the interaction on Twitter as well. We're going to jump right into the Thursday night game between the Bears and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams right off the bat are must-starts every week. There's no reason to not start those two anytime. I don't care what the matchup is. Even though they're going against the best defense pound for pound in the NFL Thursday night, I still think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, there is no reason not to start those guys every week. And I'm sure you guys that drafted those two, either one, know that those are must-starts. They're... QB1 and wide receiver ones at the respective positions. So we don't have to go into too much detail there. They need to be started Thursday night, no matter who they're playing. The one that's a little bit more risky for me that is a still a, I wouldn't say a must start. If you have a deep running back group, I would try to get around Aaron Jones in the Chicago game. But he is going in fresh, and he's one of those players with his dynamic talent. He's a strong RB2, even though they're playing the Bears. This new LeFleur offense should cater to the running back quite a bit. Aaron Jones is a strong back-end RB2 start this week, Thursday night against the Bears. The players on the Packers side that I suggest to not start this week, Jimmy Graham. He's not the player he was. I still think they're going to use Allison in the red zone more than they will Graham. Allison can get separation. He's just a more athletic bigger guy with hands. Jimmy Graham cannot get any separation. And against this Bears defense, they have one of the best red zone defenses in the NFL. I think Jimmy Graham is going to struggle against their linebacker and safety core. I don't see him doing much in this game. I don't see him doing much this season. So I would stay away from Jimmy Graham. MBS is still very intriguing. If you want to take a risk, you can. Aaron Jones, I mean, Aaron Rodgers will get in situations if they get behind where he's going to start slinging that ball all over the yard. I think that's where MVS and Allison can get some love there. They're both risky starts for me, Allison and MVS at wide receiver for the Packers. I would try to get around starting those guys if you have to. Know that there's a ton of risk. They're going against the best defense in the NFL this week. So the three players on Green Bay that I'm comfortable with, Rodgers, Adams, Jones. The three players I am not comfortable with with Green Bay. Graham, MVS, and Allison. 
If I had to choose between MVS, Allison, and Graham, I would choose MVS. That is Marquez Valdez-Scantling for anybody uh, wondering what MVS is. <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to the Chicago Bears. First player I want to get out of the way is David Montgomery. I am all in on this kid. Runs great routes. He's got good hands. He's got great vision. He breaks tackles. Not the fastest guy in the world, but neither was Emmett Smith. And I'm not saying David Montgomery's Emmett Smith, but he comes from that same mold. He's compact. He knows the game. He's intelligent. Does all the small details very well. Blocks. Runs routes well. Has good hands. Great vision when he's running the ball. Great nose for the goal line. Breaks tackles. I mean, the kid checks almost all of the boxes. He is a must-start Thursday night for me, at least at a flex for you. I know the projections on Yahoo and a couple other sites are a little low. It's okay. Those will adjust as the season goes on. They're they're just thinking of Tariq Cohen. They're not understanding how Nagy's gonna, Nagy is going to run this offense. And Nagy is going to have both of them involved. Cohen still has value. Even though Montgomery's going to get all the rushing duty, and he's going to be playing in the passing situations as well, they're going to have them both on the field quite a bit. They're going to use Cohen in the slot sometimes when Montgomery's in the backfield. Sometimes they will have them split in the backfield. So flowing over to the the Bears' side, Cohen and Montgomery both have value. Montgomery value in all formats. I would lean PPR, any kind of PPR format, Cohen is a great flex. In standard, Cohen, you could sit if you had to. He's still a decent piece to start at a flex if you don't have a deep team. If you are deep at running back and just a deep team overall, I would wait on Cohen, see how they use Montgomery, see how much it cuts into the usage of Cohen. They will still use him. But if he's getting less opportunities, there's more of a chance that he doesn't do much scoring-wise. And that's my only worry with Cohen is how much is it going to cut into his usage. I still think he's going to get his. I still think he's going to be very valuable along with Montgomery. Those two running backs, Montgomery and Cohen, are the heartbeat of this offense. It's not the receiving core. Definitely not the tight ends with Burton. Burton, do not start Burton. Even if he's a game-time decision and starts and you happen to draft him, Do not start Burton at tight end on Thursday night. He's dealing with a groin injury, even if he starts. Anytime a guy comes up to game time with a groin or hamstring issue, do not start that guy. So Burton, do not start at tight end for the Bears. The only receiver I'm going to tell you this week that is startable for the Chicago Bears is Allen Robinson. He's a low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I would... If you are not deep at receiver, I am one of those guys that is running back heavy early, so I deal with a lot of these type of receivers. If you have to start him, just know that there's a little bit of risk. We don't know exactly with how much Trubisky has um, ascended from last year. Is he getting better? Is he going to be the same? The kid had some accuracy problems at times, decision problems at times. If that gets better, Allen Robinson will get better. So those two are hand-in-hand, Trubisky and Robinson. Know that this week, blind going in Thursday, we don't have much to go on. It's a little bit of a risk, but if you have to start him, if he's your wide receiver two, I pray that he's not your wide receiver one, but if he's your wide receiver two, you can start him pretty comfortably. He's going to get something in this game. The Bears will have to throw at some point. 
So the only guys I feel comfortable with on the Bears, I do not feel comfortable about Mitch Trubisky. Only in a wide receiver, uh, two quarterback league super flex. Trubisky's pretty good on the back end of the second quarterback there. I would even try to get around him there. I just need to see what Trubisky's going to do this year. Is it a better Trubisky or is this one of those kids like Mariota that just seems to top off? All arrows are pointing that Trubisky's going to be ready. I just know that he's not startable in a 12-team redraft standard or PPR league. There's no reason to start Trubisky this week. If you got him in Dynasty and he's your young kid you're going with, that's a different story. Go for it. He's not going to score zero. He's going to do something in the game. Might even get you a rushing touchdown. Trubisky's like that. But know that it's a little bit of a risk. He's not going to give you that safety net as the top 12 quarterbacks will give you. So Montgomery, Cohen, Allen Robinson are the only three guys I am comfortable starting along with the Chicago Bears defense, even though it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, that Bears defense is always startable. They're going to get sacks. They're going to get turnovers. That is one thing they are going to do. It's what I'm worried about Aaron Jones with with the Packers. They are going to be going for the ball. Let's see if there's some fumbles in this game. I don't see Aaron Rodgers throwing too many picks, but turnovers seem to happen in Bears games. They have a very, very ball-hawking, aggressive defense. Definitely startable IDP week week in, week out, which is rare with ID, with uh, defenses in fantasy. So uh, the Bears defense is startable this week as well. We're going to roll right into the AFC West. We're going to start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. I have them winning the division pretty easily. Uh, the San Diego Chargers I have battling for a wild card. Uh, with probably the two teams in the AFC North this year. Even without Gordon, I think the combination from Eckler and Jackson should be just fine. Uh, We're going to start with the Chiefs. A very, very interesting team right now, the Chiefs. They just made the move for LaShawn McCoy, which murkied up the waters in the backfield. I have some shares in my dynasty and a couple other leagues of Darwin Thompson. It's really, really tough right now to say he's going to pay off anytime soon. I don't see him paying off uh, anytime soon. I really, really don't. I think that the issue that we're going to have with Thompson is timeshare. I think that they brought in LaShawn McCoy for a reason there. Andy Reid has a history with LaShawn McCoy. And I just think Thompson is is, is is a backup. I think he's going to handcuff both guys. I think he's going to be a third wheel there. They're not going to use him much. In Dynasty, you can still hold on to him. And in redraft, make sure you get some value for him. Don't give him up for anything on the waiver wire. But if you can get a decent, like a Duke Johnson or something along those lines, a uh, decent back end of the middle rounds guy would be just fine. I just think... It may not be until the end of this season at best or next year for Darwin Thompson. It's just not going to be right now, not with the way they set this team up. I think it's going to be a 1-2 with Williams being the 1 and McCoy being the 1-B. I think they're going to kind of share the load there. It's still going to be the Damian Williams show this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's definitely a safe start. That's a tough defense. So don't think Damian Williams is going to light the world up for you this week because even though it's the Chiefs, that Jaguars defense is revamped. They got the rookie Allen just killing people on the line in the preseason. Jacksonville's defense is going to be for real. They're one of my sleepers in the AFC. I have Jacksonville winning that division this year. Only team coming out of the AFC South this year in the playoffs for me is the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to win 10, 11 games and be very good. So it's not going to be a cakewalk week one for the Chiefs in Jacksonville. Damian Williams will still be startable. LaShawn McCoy is a decent back end of the draft guy. Take a flyer on. Uh, He's going to share some of the load. If something happens to Williams, I think LaShawn McCoy gets a massive bump. And, of course, if anything happens to both those guys, which you never know, McCoy's a 31-year-old running back, it's going to be the Darwin Thompson show. So all three of those backs have some value. Thompson is a stash guy if you can. If you need to get something off the waiver wire, just go for it. You can't hold on to guys like that all season. They will hurt your team. You've got to get some action eventually out of these guys unless you're in a dynasty league. Any type of redraft. There's a lot of guys that could be great down the road. But when you have two veteran running backs in front of him, it's going to be really tough to see anything from Darwin Thompson, at least you know up until maybe halfway through the season. And let somebody else worry about that or go back and get him off waiver. Or if somebody wants him to eat up a roster spot, go for it. The only format you hold on to Darwin Thompson in is Dynasty. There is no other reason. Receivers, you really don't have anything uh, to worry about with Tyreek Hill. He is a wide receiver one for me. He is a true dynamic gadget player. He's going to get a ton of balls thrown his way. He's going to make a lot of things happen with Mahomes. Feel good. I have a couple leagues where I have the Mahomes-Hill connection. That can win you leagues this year, just like it did last year. Tons of balls coming his way. He does a lot after the catch. The speed is out of this world. Tyreek Hill, you can start him. Does not. Everybody's talking about Jalen Ramsey covering him in that Jacksonville game. Do not worry about it. Tyreek Hill will be just fine. He is matchup proof for sure. We don't need to go too long on Patrick Mahomes. He is a set it and forget it guy. Start him week in, week out. I understand every, all the pundits and guys in this industry are saying he's not going to throw 50 again. It doesn't matter. He's probably going to throw 40, 42. I mean, he may not throw 50, but if he throws 40, he's going to score you a ton of points. Don't worry about four-point, six-point formats or anything like that. Mahomes is a must-start, weekend, week-out quarterback, period. Matchup proof. Same with their tight end, Travis Kelsey. There is no reason why Kelsey cannot start every week. He is the best tight end in football right now. He is basically a strong wide receiver one, but at tight end. So Kelsey's a must start uh, for sure. Week in, week out. Watkins is going to be a back end guy, a depth guy. I would try to get around starting Watkins, Watkins each week, but if anything happens to the top guy, he'll, anything happens in the receiving court injury wise, it's going to be Watkins there. He's going to get some work. That is going to be a good passing offense, and I think Watkins could be a depth guy. Kind of a wait-and-see guy. They could light up the world with Watkins along with Hill. I just haven't seen it yet. He still has value. He needs to be, of course, drafted. He needs to be on benches. I just suggest not starting Watkins this week. We're going to move on to the, uh, there is no other receivers at this time. Uh, McCole Hardman is a rookie that I have on a lot of my drafts. Uh, I think that he has value in a dynasty league. I have him in a few regular redraft leagues just kind of sitting and waiting. Injuries happen. 
situations happen, and he's on the field in a lot of their uh, third down and passing situations. So Hardman is going to get some work out there. And if anything happens, God forbid, to Hill or anything like that, McCole Hardman is going to be a huge asset for that Chiefs team. He's got a ton of talent and speed. So the Chiefs are pretty set with the McCoy move. They are set in the backfield. I think they're going all the way to the Super Bowl win in the conference this year. I really, really do. We're going to move on to the San Diego Chargers. The Chargers are a very interesting team right now because of the Gordon situation. It really mixed things up there in the backfield. It's a very, very, very tough team to try to... uh, to try to figure out how they're going to attack things. You've got Phillip Rivers there. He's always going to be steady for you at quarterback. You've got decent receivers. Uh, Keenan Allen is a strong uh, wide receiver too. Mike Williams is a risk-reward wide receiver three. Talent to be a high-end wide receiver two. That's how good Mike Williams can be. The talent is there. The size, the hands, the speed. I think he's one of my sleepers in the AFC this year is Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers. They should be pretty strong again. they got a very scrappy defense, a defense that, that can be started in fantasy, a definitely a top 10 defense. Eckler should have a pretty decent week. Uh, the Colts don't have a bad defense, but I still see Eckler being a startable flex this week. I would sit and wait on Justin Jackson. If you have to start him, if you have a shallow team at running back or something, he would be a risky, risky flex play for me, Justin Jackson. The not risky, steady flex play in any format, but very good in PPR, is Austin Eckler. Mike Williams is a startable back-end wide receiver 2 slash 3. He's a guy, uh, He's a, what he is, wide receiver 2 or 3. If you need that second or third spot filled, he's a good guy to spot in there. Keenan Allen, of course, is a wide receiver one. He needs to be started week in, week out. And Phillip Rivers is the most underappreciated quarterback in fantasy football every year. But he will not hurt you. He will not hurt you at all. So, Keenan Allen is a must-start for me at wide receiver. Mike Williams, strong wide receiver too. Hunter Henry is a strong back-end Tight end one. Hunter Henry has the chance to be a very, very good, serviceable fantasy tight end. I just need to see it. I need to see him stay healthy. But going into week one, if you have Hunter Henry, he needs to be starting week one. Without a doubt. All right, we're going to move on to the... Denver Broncos. The Broncos are a very interesting team. They, I think a lot of people really have this team in the cellar. They don't have, I know they don't jump off the page at you when you look at them. But overall, the Broncos, I think, could be fighting, you know, nine wins if things go really well. I can't go any higher than that. But nine and seven might get you a possibility for a wild card. It's doubtful, but they've got a really good defense, solid defense, a veteran quarterback, a Super Bowl winning veteran quarterback. 
and decent running backs. A lot of receiving uh, in the receiving core. They're pretty deep. There's a lot of questions, but if things go right, that could be a very deep receiving core. And they've got a new young talent at tight end and Fant uh, that could be a difference maker there at tight end. So the the Broncos overall to me uh, this you know this week I don't really know what is startable outside of Philip Lindsay. I think he's going to get most of the work at running back. He'd be a startable flex. Freeman is not startable. Fant is not startable at tight end yet. I got to see how they use him first. I would not suggest starting Fant quite yet. He's not in that top 12 yet. But I think after a few weeks or a week or two of seeing how uh, Flacco uses him, Fant could become a very valuable asset. The receiving core is a little tough in Denver. You've got Sutton. Is he going to make that next step with Flacco, Cortland Sutton? Emmanuel Sanders coming off the Achilles injury. Looks great in preseason. I think he's the sleeper of the receiving core. Emmanuel Sanders, a lot of people are are looking down on him because of the injury. He's looked good in preseason. I think he's ready to go. When Sanders is playing healthy, he's a very good receiver. Hamilton does not have any fantasy value quite yet. So at receiver, the only two fantasy value guys for me are Cortland Sutton. Needs to be on a bench. See what he does. Does not need to be starting this week. Sanders, if you want to take a risk, you can start him at a flex. But I would wait and see with Sanders as well. We need to see how Flacco and this offense is going to run. And I can't going into week one tell you to start anybody on that offense outside of even Lindsey's a little bit risky. I'm curious how they're going to use him and Freeman in that backfield. So the Broncos, not a ton of fantasy relevance overall. Their defense needs to be started week in, week out. They've got the Raiders week one. And I think because they have the Raiders, Lindsey, that defense. And if you want to take a risk with Sanders, I think those three guys should be your starters for the Denver Broncos. The defense... Man, I'm telling you, I don't know if you have IDP or not, but Von, uh, Miller is amazing. And so he's, a, I mean, he's going to get to the quarterback. That's why that defense is so valuable. They get sacks, they keep the points low. They're a very, very, very good defense there in Denver. Uh, and I think that's what's going to keep them in games. And I think that's going to keep them around 500 for the season. All right, we're going to move on to the uh, Oakland. Raiders. That's funny. I almost said Los Angeles. That's funny. Oakland Raiders. They are uh, the hard knocks team that hasn't been the greatest hard knocks season I've seen. Could be probably the worst hard knocks season I've ever seen. Not extremely entertaining. A lot of Antonio Brown talk. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are going to be that good this year. I know there's a lot of hype coming in. I think that defense is going to be very scrappy. I don't think they're going to be pushed around much. They got a lot of young, very good talent on the on the defensive side of the ball for LA. I mean, for the Raiders. Uh, the only thing that that worries me is Derek Carr has not been Roethlisberger. I don't see Antonio Brown really holding it together very long. Once they start losing ball games, and once Derek Carr is not getting the ball in the spots that Roethlisberger did. Antonio Brown's going to flip out. Anybody that has watched Antonio Brown this offseason, if you think that guy's going to handle losing very well, you're fooling yourself. 
he is a gigantic question mark. Going into week one, start him. I'm not, Antonio Brown is a must start when he's on the field. Absolutely. I will never tell you to bench Antonio Brown. I don't care what team he's on. He's that good. But overall, this season, it's going to be a tough haul. Uh, This team is going to need to shock some people and win some games to keep Antonio happy. Derek Carr better figure out how to be accurate with that deep ball real quick. Because he starts overthrowing and underthrowing Antonio on open, deep routes, you're going to have some problems on the sidelines there in Oakland. So there's a big risk right now with that Oakland offense. A lot of it's riding on Derek Carr. Can he make that next step? Can he be that close, if not a superstar, close to it? Enough to feed Antonio when needed. And I really think the big question mark to make sure Antonio gets his and gets at least some opportunities is they need this kid Josh Jacobs in the backfield to do something. Didn't see any of them in the preseason. Haven't seen any of them on hard knocks. Barely anything coming out of camp. It is blind. We saw him run the ball a few times in preseason. That's it. He looked okay. Had some good vision. It looked like some cuts looked strong. Not the greatest offensive line in the world. Not the greatest team around them in the world. How are they going to handle that Denver defense week one? I don't know. It's going to be very, very curious to see how they do that. I really am worried about Antonio Brown handling a a team like this that is in disarray and losing and young. I just I have this really bad gut feeling. I have no shares of Antonio Brown this year because of it. Two leagues I had him and I traded him. So that's where I'm at with Antonio Brown. If you have him, you start him. It's still Antonio Brown out there, especially in the first few weeks before they really get behind the eight ball. He's going to be out there trying to put up some points and win some ball games for this team to get them off on the right start. And that's going to help Derek Carr quite a bit. Derek Carr has no fantasy value. There are three guys on that offense that have fantasy value in Oakland. Antonio Brown, Josh Jacobs, and Waller, the tight end. And Waller is a little bit of a risk, high reward guy back in of the you know tight end spectrum. Everybody's sleeping on him right now. And I know he's a darling on hard knocks. But Waller does have talent. Sounds like the kid is dedicated. Looks the part. He beat out Luke Wilson, who got cut this week. Waller is definitely a sleeper streaming start at tight end for Oakland. Jacobs is a flex play this week, back in RB2. Really, a lot of that's just because we're blind. We don't know exactly how he's going to work in this offense. Maybe he blows up. Definitely, if you have him, if you're not too deep, there's a couple leagues that I have him in. I'm not starting him just because I have a ton of running backs ahead of him. But if you're not too deep at running back, you drafted him a little early, he's a solid RB2, Josh Jacobs, going into this week. Antonio Brown is still a wide receiver one. There is no reason to take him out of that category yet. They will be trying to get him the ball. And when he gets it, he's electric. So I cannot sit here and tell you not to start Brown. The defense is not startable, but they are young and scrappy. They could be a good defense going into the season. They're one of my sleeper defenses. I don't know if that's going to help the team overall win some games. But I do think this team is young and scrappy on the defensive side of the ball, and they should be pretty good. They've got a lot of young talent there on the defensive side. They look really good. If they play out of their minds on defense, anything is possible because good defense will keep you in ball games. Then you're not going to need Derek Carr to be Roethlisberger. 
if Josh, especially if Josh Jacobs turns out to be a superstar. This team has potential, but a lot has to go right for Oakland. A lot. I had them winning six games this year, six and ten. All right, we're going to move on to the NFC East division. Uh, I have the Patriots winning 12 games again and winning the division 12 and 4. I know. I know. I feel you. 20 years of this. It's the same. I have the Patriots right there at the end fighting for the Super Bowl once again. The greatest of all time, Tom Brady leading the way, not making many mistakes. Like 14 guys in the running back backfield trying to figure out who's going to do it, praying that it's Sony Michelle. The only difference this year is there's no Gronk, but I still think he'll be there by December. Go help him win a Super Bowl. That's the New England Patriots in a nutshell. I mean, they just running back by committee, that'll drive you crazy. Even though they've got Sonny Michelle that could be a superstar, he'll still have weeks where he gets, you know, 13 carries, 68 yards, and that's it because he could have had 22 carries. But they give it to Burkhead or they give it to White or whoever else, Harris, whoever else they've got in the backfield. Drives me nuts. James White is going to be relevant in PPR, not in standard. Michelle is very relevant in standard. I would shy away from Michelle in PPR. At wide receiver, Gordon is a startable wide receiver, back end wide receiver two going into the season. It could ascend as the year goes on. I think Gordon has the potential to be a wide receiver one. I just need to see it. I need to see him not smoke pot for one season. And I need him to get comfortable with Brady and be there every day and stay an entire season, stay healthy, stay off the pot. And I think Gordon could ascend to a strong top-end wide receiver two slash wide receiver one eventually. So if you've got him, you can start him this week. I don't know how much he's going to blow up week one. But eventually Gordon is going to get his playing legs if he stays on the right side and plays the entire most of the season. I'm thinking that Gordon could be a huge payoff for a lot of people that got him in the 7th, 8th, ninth rounds. I don't really have much else at receiver. Edelman, oh, I'm sorry. I'm an anti-Edelman guy. I can't do that on the podcast. I know a lot of people out there are Edelman guys. Good for you. I, I never trust this guy. He's hurt constantly. But when he's out there, especially in PPR, he's very valuable. Edelman is a startable flex this week in standard. He is a startable wide receiver, too, in all PPR formats. Julian Edelman, he will be valuable. There is no value at tight end right now. I don't see any value in Ben Watson at tight end at this point for the Patriots. Their defense is a startable defense week in, week out. They've got a pretty good schedule. So the New England Patriots defense is startable this weekend and on. They have a scrappy, good scoring defense pretty much every year. We're going to move on to the team I have finishing behind them. I have the Jets at a 9-7 and seven this year, and I really think they could win 10 games this year. I'm really high on the Jets. I understand their defense is very shallow. I really, I, They don't have the greatest defense, but I'll tell you what they do have. They have a good front seven on defense. Their backfield's a little rough, but I think they're going to have the offense this year that's going to eat up the clock, score some points, and really take the pressure off of that defense. That If they can do that, if they end up playing that offense like they think they will, the, the tricky late down the field with Le'Veon Bell, 
Use Darnold in the play action. He's got great legs, a great arm. He's accurate. He's a good quarterback, Darnold. Use Robbie Anderson on those play actions deep. Herndon, when he comes back to tight end. You've got pieces for the first time in a long time for the Jets this year that they can really make a difference there in the AFC. I've got them winning nine games, possibly ten, battling for a wild card with probably a group of other teams. I don't know if they're going to get win that battle, but I do think they're going to be there and they're going to finish above 500. I think the Jets are one of my sleeper teams in the AFC. Darnold is a startable quarterback in two quarterback super flex leagues. He's a good second quarterback in those leagues. He's not quite in the top 12 in redraft leagues. Jamison Crowder is a sleeper in the slot there. I think he can get a ton of targets. He will be a PPR darling in my eyes. I think Jamison Crowder in PPR is a startable flex. Or wide receiver three, however your format is. Robbie Anderson is a strong wide receiver two. He can be started in all formats this week. Herndon is suspended for four games. He is a stash on the bench tight end. I think he's worth a stash. I think when he comes back, he's going to be very valuable in that offense. Those are really the only fantasy relevant. Of course, Le'Veon Bell, Jamison Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Darnold in two quarterback leagues. Those are your starting pieces for the New York Jets in fantasy football this weekend. Defense is not startable in fantasy. Leave that Jets defense on the wave wire. They have no defensive backfield. They've got a few stars back there, but they are very shallow. They're one injury away in pretty much every area on defense of really falling into a big hole. That's where they're at. Their cornerbacks are hideous. So wide receivers against the Jets are going to score. The Buffalo Bills are the next team we're going to cover, and they are an exciting team on the front. Devin Singletary, they've got some young talent there. Is Allen going to take that next step? They've got a good young coach. They've got a scrappy defense, a top five defense in the NFL. I still have them finishing around 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight just because I don't know if Josh Allen is going to make that next step with his throwing ability. He's got a rocket for an arm. Great athletic talent. He's just got that short range, 10 and out, 15 and out, in the flats, inaccuracy that some quarterbacks have. They just are not good at throwing the short ball. It's the strangest thing. It's almost like having the yips in baseball. Can he corral that and check down more and use Devin Singletary coming out of that backfield? Use TJ Yeldon coming out of the backfield? Will Gore eat up some playing time in that backfield with his short yardage work. A lot of questions, but they do have some dynamic situations there. Devin Singletary could really be a good running back. Let's get to this confusing running back situation. They just traded away McCoy. I know I'm a Devin Singletary owner in a few leagues. I love his possibility this year. Week one, Singletary is not startable. None of the running backs are startable. We need to see how they're going to use Yeldon. Assuming he's just going to be a third down passing situation guy, but they could be in a passing situation most of a game if they're kind of trying to come back, come from behind. They're not going to be a very good team. Like I said, I have them at seven and nine. That is higher than most people. Most people have them running five and 11, six and 10 this year. I think they're going to be a little bit better than that. 
How much better? I don't know. It's a wait and see. They've got a good scrappy defense. they got that good young backfield, a good young quarterback. Let's see if they all make strides and get better. The startable options this week for Buffalo are Allen in a two-quarterback league. He's going to get you rushing stats. I do think he's going to be valuable in fantasy. I really do. I think he's going to make that next step. The wide receiving core is really, I cannot tell you to start anybody. John Brown is a risky play. Zay Jones is a very, very risky play. I really, really cannot think of anybody in that receiving game in Buffalo that I can tell you honestly to start here in week one. Somebody's going to do something, but it would be a throw at the board. If I had to choose one, I think the most talented receiver is probably Zay Jones. But if I had a gun in my head, I had to figure out one guy to pick, it would probably be John Brown. And that's, I hate even saying that, because I don't think he's going to do much with this offense, at least off the right off the bat. They are playing the Jets. The Jets do not have a good backfield. Since they are playing the Jets, I would say a risky wide receiver play would be John Brown. If you want to get really risky, wide receiver four, Zay Jones. Out of that backfield, PPR, if you want to get super risky, I don't suggest it. I would try to keep him on the bench, but only in PPR, TJ Yeldon. I don't see a route to start Devin Singletary week one. You need to hold on. to. If you are a Singletary owner, hold on. Be patient. Something's going to happen here in the first few weeks. I think he'll get his break either through opportunity or through injury. I think Singletary will rise to the top, and he will eventually be a strong RB2 down the road. So hold on to Singletary. Do not start him week one. That's really it on offense. We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. There's not a ton going on there. The Buffalo Bills defense is startable week in, week out. We're going to move on to the Miami Dolphins. uh, A team that just traded quite a bit away in multiple trades. A lot went to the Texans. They look really, really, really bad this year. I've got the Dolphins winning four games. I have a 4-12 and season for the Dolphins. I love the new staff. I don't like the moves they've made here in the offseason. They've pretty much just tore this down to the stilts. Like There is not much left on the field with this Miami Dolphins team. They don't have any strong areas with this team. I would say a risky start at quarterback, streaming quarterback. Their week one quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't have any receivers that I can tell you to start with any confidence this week. I think Grant might be a sleeper on the wide receiver side there. He's a little dynamic talent there. I think Devontae Parker is a guy to keep an eye on. I can't tell you he's going to start week one. I do know that Fitzpatrick likes to throw the ball around quite a bit. If I had to pick one receiver this week that's going to do something, it would not be Albert Wilson. It would not be Hakeem Grant. It would be Devontae Parker. I haven't seen it. There's no reason for me to be telling you, Devontae Parker. I just know that he has the talent in there somewhere. He's a big kid with good hands. Eventually, I think he could pay off, especially with a gunslinger like Fitzpatrick, but I would honestly try to get away from starting any Miami wide receivers. Gusecki at tight end going into the offseason was a pretty decent option. I suggest at this point he is not startable. 
Neither running back is startable at this time. Kenyon Drake, I think, will be the startable running back going into the season, maybe in week two, week three. At week one, going into the season right now, neither Balage nor Drake have any value. Fitzpatrick is only a streamer, and the defense is too weak to start. So Miami, fantasy-wise, is an absolute disaster. I cannot tell you to start any pieces, honestly. If you really want me to tell you the truth, I cannot tell you to start any pieces of that Miami Dolphins team against the Baltimore Ravens this week. Not one. Maybe if you're just totally threw quarterback away, maybe stream Fitzpatrick this week, depending on how deep your league is. Devontae Parker, another deep stab at the dartboard. I mean, that's the best I can give you as far as the Miami Dolphins go. All right, guys, we covered the AFC West. We covered the AFC East. We broke down starters for the Thursday night game. I am ready for this season. I appreciate you guys for listening. I will catch up with you later this week. Until next time, guys, I'm out.